0: Often, people who are whole and healed had to go through probably multiple sort of dark nights of the soul, for lack of a better word. Oh, yeah. Like things that bring you to your knees, where you're like, I have to destroy everything so I can rebuild something truer and better and more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Magic makers. I am Kelsey Foremost, the host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. And if you can tell, I am feeling very relaxed and very grounded and very present right now because I just got done recording an episode with Kate Crawford, who is a certified trauma-informed breathwork practitioner. I admittedly, have been extremely curious about breathwork, but I had so much shame, and I didn't really realize this until I got into this conversation with Kate, I had so much shame that I was quote-unquote doing it wrong. Breathwork seemed like this seemingly magical thing that like very zen yoga people know how to do. And I just feel like a frenetic troll when I sit down and try to be quiet with my thoughts. Even though I have explored meditation, I love meditation when I can really drop in. More often than not, I'm sitting there thinking about something else. And the shame of that has really started to chip away at my desire to sit down and meditate, especially in the mornings. Um, I also, I do want to preface before I go any further. I am not a healthcare practitioner. I am not a mental health professional. Anytime that I bring on a person to speak about something like this my intention is to give you ideas about ways that you could potentially improve your mental health, and ideas for you to go seek out professional help if that is something that sounds good to you. If that feels warm, please go towards that. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, preface these these episodes where I'm speaking with someone who does something that is actually like a healthcare practice, quote unquote. Um, or a mental health practice, I just really want to make sure that everybody knows I'm a huge advocate for getting professional help in whatever way feels best to you. So please, all the grains of salt, this is meant to give you ideas for how to improve your daily life and your mental health. So that said, I um, was talking about this idea that I was much more... I don't want to say I was better at meditation, but really, yes, I felt more comfortable. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. I felt more comfortable meditating, and I felt that it was easier for me to clear my brain of thoughts, ironically, when I was at the two lowest points that I've been in for the past few years. One was when I went through the big divorce-level breakup um, with my former partner That was back in 2021, and I lost my relationship, the place that I was living. I had no physical possessions because I had sold everything to move in with him, Um, and I had no – I had nothing. Like, I had no home. I had no things. I had no people. I had no community. So I moved home to my childhood home. My mom let me stay with her. Thank God. Thanks, mom. Um, Such a privilege. And I took my time. Because I was so devastated. And especially at the feeling of like, everybody else seems to have gotten this memo of how to be an adult that I just haven't figured out yet. And I had so much shame around that. But in the moments where you're in that dark night of the soul, where something has brought you to your knees, in this, in my case, this breakup slash huge just life turning point. And then also more recently, um, this past fall, 2022, October 2022, when I was so deeply burnt out. And I don't use the word burnout lightly. I researched the hell out of what does true burnout look like. And I was experiencing it in spades. I could not open a computer for almost three months. It was so bad. I felt so bad in my body being in front of a computer screen. I am so privileged that I had enough savings to be able to heal from that burnout. But again, it was one of those moments that really brought me to my knees and really gave me this wake up call where it was like, okay, Kelsey, what do you really want your life to be like? And in those dark night of the soul moments, it actually was way easier for me to do things like breath work and meditation. And I don't think I'm alone in that. And I don't know the science. I am not a professional, but if I'm just listening to my intuition here, I think that when you're in those moments, it's like, Well, I'm a blank slate right now. I know that what I was doing before wasn't working. And so I'm just this blank canvas. And it's easier to not have intrusive thoughts when you are bone tired. Now, the problem there, or not the problem, the challenge there is once you start to heal and your sort of regular patterns come back, none of those things that brought you to your knees are truly gone. You just are more able to pay attention to warning signs and avoid it being that bad again. So I wanted to talk to Kate, today's guest, this this certified trauma-informed breathwork practitioner about how do we use tools like breathwork in the real world when we are not necessarily in that place of deep burnout but rather when we are in the middle of building a business or are trying to just like have a normal daily life i find it way more challenging to sit still with my thoughts and get clear and intuitive when i've got shit to do so i I'm really excited to welcome Kate to the podcast today to not only explain what breathwork is, explain how it relates to our limbic system, our parasympathetic nervous system. That's basically like the emotional part of your brain. Um, Talk about this body-brain connection, emotional connection, and Give us some practical exercises. By the end of the episode, you guys are going to hear some practical breathwork exercises that I am really excited to try. They're simple. And my favorite part about this conversation was when Kate said, there's no such thing as breathing wrong. Boy, howdy. I cannot even tell you how much I needed to hear that. How much my overachieving codependent brain needed to hear, there's no way of doing this wrong. It's just paying attention to how you are breathing and perhaps influencing the way that you breathe in order to create a new pattern in your body. I am so excited about this. I can't wait to do this more in my real life. By the by, I highly recommend. Kate's freebie. It's essentially an entire free class on breath work. It's like a great introduction, but it's not super obvious beginnery stuff either. I just took a brief look at it before recording this intro, and I'm really, really excited about it. So, all that said, I am so grateful that you are here tuning into this because. You know, the whole purpose of Find Your Magic is to help entrepreneurs with these mental health challenges and to acknowledge it is not always easy. We do not always feel super grounded and peaceful. We might have really tough conversations with problem clients where we might need to take a second and do some breath work, right? (laughs) So if you're here, you're already winning, you're not alone. Thank you so much for being part of this community, and please welcome Kate Crawford to Find Your Magic. Kate, thank you so much for being here on Find Your Magic. This is a topic that I have simultaneously wanted to explore more and also have been procrastinating exploring (laughs) because... Even though breath work sounds so simple on the surface, it's actually quite difficult and complicated. <laughs> so, is. thank you for being
1: here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about our conversation.
0: Well, and I am, there's an extra layer of excitement for me because, yes, you are a breath work practitioner. You have so much background in helping people with chronic pain, chronic illness, and we're going to get to all of that the good emotional trauma stuff <laughs> but you are a business owner at the same time yes and so i would love to know has your background helped you as a business owner like do you practice what you preach
1: <laughs> yes well i do um and my 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 background before i was a business owner was in physical therapy um so I'm I'm well versed in working with clients and holding space for them and and just really being there in a helping capacity. Um, why breathwork found me and I really I say that with a lot of love cuz the universe was very gently kind of like putting breathwork in my path and I was like oh, I don't know like it's okay. And then like from a mental health professional helper rehab perspective my world came crashing down. Like I just couldn't do it anymore. And I needed a solid break from it. And that's when I really got into breathwork. So breathwork started for me first as the main modality in my own healing journey. Mm. Uh, and then it just kind of like blossomed into this beautiful business because I was like, holy moly, look at all of these beautiful gentle, easy insights that I'm getting into my own body and why I'm not able to do X, Y, and Z. And like, how helpful is this going to be for people who I see all day long, who just have pain and they don't understand, and it comes out of nowhere. And uh, I mean, the whole connection between the physical body and the emotional body, we could talk about for 15 oh, podcasts. Yeah. Get, but, get in that limbic system, right? baby. <laughs> so for me, it really just started from my own, finding a modality that worked really, really well for my chronic, stuck in fight or flight, sensitive nervous system helper on the planet. I know I'm supposed to be doing these things, but my body is just like shutting down. And like,
0: why is that? So, and for listeners, Kate has put a lot of things in air quotes. Um, not able to was something yeah. that you put in air quotes. And I mm-hmm. really want to dive into that because I think that that is something that holds a lot of people back from exploring different healing modalities because mm-hmm. they think I should be able to function at this certain like weird arbitrary level or I mm-hmm. should be able to do this arbitrary task. Mm-hmm. Um and I think particularly in the age of social media where we are constantly seeing other people's paths and other people's journeys, it's impossible to ask someone to not compare. Yes. Um. So what kinds of things do you mean by saying I wasn't able to? So before I
1: switched into this business where I... the business is me, but I get to like create my own schedule and I get to show up in the way that I I can see as many clients as I want in a day Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where in traditional rehab, it doesn't really matter where, what, so I'm in Canada, the systems are a little bit different, but essentially you have a private and a public system. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, The private system is all about productivity. Yeah. (laughs) You're on salary and the manager of said business who's just trying to make money can shove like 40 clients in your schedule in a day. Right. That's wild. Or and I really do believe that a lot of women in particular who are in these helping professions, I mean, we are overly imaginative. You know what I mean? Like we 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 do have the sensitive nervous system in the way where we feel like we need to take on the struggle and and the hardships of others in order to be, re- to really like understand and help them. And that was me to a T. So when I talk about not being able to, I had this whole expectation and it's not just for me, it's a whole cultural expectation, right? Yes. Especially in healthcare in a lot of these systems that are crumbling right now, like you look at education, you look at healthcare, um, Where I had put this expectation on myself, but obviously that's being reflected in my external world.
0: Yeah. Came from somewhere.
1: My body, right? Like I can intellectualize everything, right? But my body was like shutting down. So that's what I mean when I talk about like not able to, I felt like I should be able to do this because look at all these other people who are doing all of this stuff and like they
0: can do it. So Mm -hmm. I should be able to do it. And but, by by that you mean take on 40 clients and yeah. you know, like crazy time period. And be and... a single
1: mom and do all the things and yeah. and 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 I, I just, just yeah. And so there there was a lot of shame there for me initially. Mm-hmm. Um and that's an emotion that I had I really don't like it. I had suppressed that a lot. Um and that's kind of where this journey started for me. Like, okay, why do I feel this way? It's so heavy. It's impossible to move through. I can't see clearly. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know who I am.
0: Mm, All right. like,
1: How do I just get to this place where I like come back to myself and I couldn't do that working in traditional rehab?
0: Gosh, you know what this makes me think of is it's like, so my background was in the acting industry. And Mm -hmm. I was talking with a friend of mine about sort of PTSD from putting on roles, literally to make money Mm -hmm. for 15 years and putting on costumes to be presented like in a certain way to make people perceive me in a certain way. And let me tell you, there is no greater task that I have ever had in my life of what you're explaining of that heaviness and moving through it and who am I when you've tried on so many identities and none of them fit, it is exhausting. It is so exhausting. And when you see like other people's paths and other people's identities as options for you, then it feels as you said, like there's a shame there of like, why can't I just be like this person? Why can't I just be happy with what I have? Or why can't I just make myself sit down and do this task that seems so simple? And it's that willingness. It requires so much bravery to question in the first place, why do I feel this shame Why do I feel so heavy and slow and sluggish? Procrastination is a big like personal red flag for me of like, why am I not doing this thing? Like there's some, there's some reason, right? So once you started asking yourself those questions, what was your initial part of your healing journey? Like
1: the initial part of my healing journey was taking a huge step back from the environments where I was not feeling good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. I had like back then I had like two ways of being. I had like feeling really tired and heavy and chaotic, and then relief.
0: Mm-hmm. It was like
1: two ways of being. It was like, aha. And then it was like a come down from that. It's like I would allow myself to just calm down and then i I was just in this place of relief. And that was really the only word I had for it. There wasn't there were no emotions there. I was just like, "Oh, I can breathe again. I feel hungry. I can do a thing." Um so my introduction into the and this was a huge thing for me as a type A perfectionist, like. Yeah healthcare worker, productivity, my growing up, I was like a really, um, competitive athlete. And like, these things have really served a purpose for me, this driven, this fuel, this moving forward. Um, so that was the first time I listened (laughs) to my body, but my body got to a point where I just, nothing really felt good anymore on all levels, like physical, emotional, energetic. And I hadn't really tapped into the energetic, Peace, And that's really what has changed the relationship with myself. But um, yeah, it it was just taking a step back from all the things that didn't feel good. And I wasn't really sure what that was at the time. So I just took a huge step back from everything. I knew a couple things. I knew I wanted to reconnect with myself and I wanted more time with my young children. Those were the two things that I knew.
0: But that's great. We have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. I think that there's this misconception that we're going to have this lightning bolt moment where we realize I wish. <laughs> right? Yeah. And well, and I'm so grateful that you're speaking in this way, Kate, because people on paper, like if they came across where you are now, they would think what a grounded um like healed whole person yeah but we don't really get to talk about or see what it takes to get there right. and to like connect with that very human piece of ourselves which is often people who are whole and healed had to go through probably multiple sort of dark nights of the soul for lack of a better word oh yeah like things that bring you to your knees where you're like i have to destroy everything so I can rebuild something truer and better and more beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it it's this thing too, like I've spent, I, uh, I went to Costa Rica at the beginning of April and it was this beautiful transformative trip. But like the, my re-entry back into like this beautiful life that i have built for myself where i am able to regulate my sensitive nervous system like it has been a crazy reentry like mm-hmm. so it is this way also where um anytime your you are just ready to kind of like step into the next version for lack of a better word you know all of these things come up again and mm-hmm. It's I try, I've been, I've been very gentle with myself, but it's so easy to go back to that narrative of like, oh, you you shouldn't be
0: here again. Like we're we've done this work and about, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know exactly what community you mean. that's just
1: like bah, 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 bah.
0: I know um, exactly what you mean. And I think yeah. that is such an important point to actually pause and and acknowledge deeply for anybody listening your shit is going to come up multiple times in your life. There's no such thing at every level. And there's no such thing as like being fixed. That's not a thing.
1: And that was the word in, in traditional healthcare where, where they don't really support like a healing model. That was always my frustration. And every client that came in would be like, well, I want you to fix my knee pain. And I'm like, not possible like, oh, yeah, you can fix your. Knee pain. like I can guide you and help you. But it was just like that whole language of of fixing that just did never sat well with me,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think that physical symptoms, I mean, this is something that I think we are so behind in is studying how physical symptoms are related to emotional experiences. Yeah. Um, I was nerding out with Kate before this, and I have my copy of The Body Keeps the Score. And I literally this morning, so it's a very dense book. Um, mm-hmm. unless you're a real nerd about this stuff, um, like <laughs> read highlights. <laughs> but if you are a real nerd about this stuff, The Body Keeps the Score keeps blowing my mind, and I can get through like three pages a day, right? But, um, I am reading right now about using physical triggers or physical activities to to access emotional challenges. Yeah. And stay grounded while you do it and it's talk about yoga, chanting, movement, rhythmic drumming in Africa. Um cultures, like a lot of Eastern culture, um, being like all of this about using your body to center yourself in the present. And of course the numero uno thing is breath work. So how did you find your way from your own healing journey to then the work that you're doing now? So.
1: Connecting to my breath is the way that I connect to me and to myself. And so my journey with breathwork has really been a journey of coming back home to like who I actually am and practicing listening from, from that place, right? And asking questions from that place and moving forward from that place. What... I realized very, very quickly in this, my own healing journey is that I am not the only person that needs this awareness. (laughs) Yeah, There are many sensitive nervous systems out there that are presenting as a lot of physical pain in the body. And in my world, if i see a faulty movement pattern so if you if you have gone to the chiropractor if you've gone to physical therapy um like say you have chronic low back pain for example and you go in and the practitioner is going to look at all these different ways and how you move and they're going to try to determine the faulty pattern in the physical body but every chronic faulty pattern in the physical body Is there because there's an energetic pattern or an emotional pattern that keeps playing out and it has kept playing out and it has kept playing out and we're not taught how to listen to these patterns. We're not taught how to decipher them and like be a little sleuth, you know what I mean? So it builds and it builds in the emotional energetic and then it comes into the physical. So when i'm when i'm going through my own journey and i'm feeling better i'm not having as many headaches my pelvic floor is relaxing i can breathe i can run again for the first time in like years like i used to love to run soccer player track and field but i have a hip injury i have a disc injury like i was like i can't run like that was my story i can't run mm. and i just started tuning into some of these emotional blocks and these emotional patterns that were showing up in my life and I just felt better and I could do these things again without having to seek all of this like external stuff.
0: Mm. So I was like, this is a no brainer for me. What does external stuff mean? What does that look like? Like,
1: yeah. So external would be, um, with stuff that, we- and I still do this. It's not that I don't go, like, it's like going to get a physical diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, going to get medication, going to get these things to like numb the pain first, which is fine to do. But what I'm advocating for is like spending some time with the emotion that comes up in and around the pain that you're feeling in the body. It always starts with the emotion,
0: mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. let's get really grounded and specific so that we're speaking the same language with everyone. Can you define or maybe clarify what Mm -hmm. does breath work actually mean?
1: Well, there's different types of breath work. All right. For me, breath work is a whole bunch of things. But when I lead someone through a breath work session, it's a very specific technique that I'm bringing them through. It's more of an active circular breath pattern. And the goal with this breath pattern is to really drop into the body um, and connect in with this active circuit of energy. Okay, so you start with this active breath pattern. You're able to really drop down into the body and you start to feel what your own energy (laughs) feels like. So when I talk about breath work, I am talking about energy work. I'm talking about moving this stagnant, stuck energy in the body. You can look at it as emotions. You can just look at it as this flow of energy. Um, but it is really about getting that moving and then really tuning into how you feel. How does your energy feel? That's the baseline that we want to keep coming back to. But it's a practice to kind of like shed all of the responsibilities of other people, you know, we feel. Sensitive people feel very responsible for others, right? Yes. So the breath work for me, it's about removing a lot of this energetic burden. It's about just connecting with the breath, coming back to the breath and really tuning into what your baseline is. Now, if I have someone who is just starting out and they're kind of like chronic fight or flight. still. I'm not, I'm going to switch up the breath pattern a little bit, but for me, the messaging is the same. It doesn't matter how you breathe. It doesn't even really matter how you move the emotion or the energy. What is important is that you're finding something that works for you in order to like complete the emotional tunnel. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's not super straightforward. I have a specific pattern of breath that I bring people through, but it really is like case by case basis. The breath is just connecting with who you are.
0: Mm -hmm. So I have been trying to do breath work Mm -hmm. for years, to be honest. And like once in a blue moon, I'll have this extreme moment of just peace and clarity. And I imagine that that is the goal, but damn, I have such a hard time keeping my thoughts from intruding on my breathwork experience. Yeah. Can you speak to that? I'm assuming it's pretty common. And It's super
1: common <laughs> and
0: it's just, um, it's like a protective mechanism,
1: right? Mm. Like Look at it like your body just trying to protect you. It's just trying to keep you safe, right? And so what I really encourage clients in that space is just like, just start talking to yourself in a very gentle way. Like the way you would talk to an animal or a child or like something, someone that you had so much love and care for. Um, you know, it's about connecting in and just letting yourself drop into the body and, just reassure yourself that you are safe, and this is something that we, this is something that we're doing. This is safe. We can trust this because it's just us and we can trust ourselves. Wow. I had so such a hard time with this when I first started. Um, that makes me feel better. Thank you. Yes,. <laughs> so what I would do, because when we exercise, when we increase our heart rate, we automatically start dropping into the circular rhythm of breathing to increase the oxygen in the body so that all the muscles can get what they need to kind of propel us forward and to kind of keep up with our heart rate. So what I started doing, and I still do this, I'm recovering from pneumonia. I've had like the craziest medical history year ever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I will get on my bike and I'll just connect in with a circular breath when I'm biking or I'll go for a walk and I'll just connect in with a circular breath when I'm walking. That is a great place to start. So if you are just like, Oh, I don't want to lie down and I got to do the thing and I feel weird and I'm fidgeting and I'm not doing it right. You know what I mean? We make it long all the time. Um, Just get outside and just increase your heart rate and you will naturally drop into this really lovely active rhythm. And Mm -hmm. thoughts may come up, but they're probably going to be way more helpful than all the things that you're making wrong when you're lying down to do an
0: meditation. You know what I mean? That's actually something I would love to clarify with you is when you are breathing, and I'm sure there probably isn't one answer to this, but what would be like a goal for what's happening in your brain while you're breathing? Like, is the goal to just be present and like counting the breaths and to be clear is the goal. Like what's the goal?
1: Yeah. With the active breathing. And I think this is why I love it so much because it really taps into like the subconscious mind. So like, I'm not even going to say the word good, like a really profound, like these transformational sessions when you just fully drop in. And I have been trying to do this my entire life. For me, it is this active breath that does that for me where I can just drop in and like everything else just kind of like goes away. So goal maybe it's tricky because sometimes I'll show up to breathe and I can't, I just can't do it you know, and I have other ways to move the energy. I think a good way to put it is just not to have any expectations on it. Like, I think what you need to start with, with every session is, and maybe you try this the next time you try to breathe in whatever ways, just be like, whatever way the breath is going to come to me today, it's going to come to me in that way. And I can't breathe incorrectly. Yeah. I can't breathe incorrectly, right? Like it's there, it's under voluntary control, it's under involuntary control. Um, You know, our respiratory diaphragm is our main muscle of inspiration. It just works for us when we don't even think about it. Mm. (laughs) You know, like, it's a really easy place to trust in the body. And you can't do it wrong. And every time you just set an intention to breathe, whether that's on a walk, listening to a podcast driving in your car, or you sit down to be like, I'm going to do a really good active meditation this morning. Just setting the intention that that's what you're going to do is going to have benefits. Mm. So that might be a good place to start for people who are like, I do want to do this. It takes practice, right? Like it's, it's like anything else.
0: Yeah. I think that the, like anything else um, it's muscle memory or it's repetition mm-hmm. and it's little by little slow progress. And I know that my brain doesn't do well with slow progress. It wants it to be perfect yesterday. Yeah. So that might be a good place to start for me is just, um, I love this idea. Like you can't breathe wrong. There's yeah. no, like it's, it's always yeah. going to be perfect because you can't do it wrong. Yeah. Would it be possible to perhaps give people an example, like take people through just during this podcast, a quick example of what a patterned breath exercise might look like that they could just take into their day?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it really depends on the emotion that you're looking to cultivate, right? So if you are really looking to, let's say, start your day in this really grounded, calm, um, and peaceful place. Sounds all great. Right? Let's yeah, do that. Right? It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> so that is really going to encourage engaging the parasympathetic nervous system. Okay? Um, so if you are someone that kind of like wakes up and you feel you have all the chatter in your head and you're, you're feeling all of the... The feelings. Mm-hmm. Just connecting with a really nice slow belly breath in and out through the nose and just extending that up to a count of four or five. And then breathing that back out to a count of four or five is really going to bring that parasympathetic nervous system back online. Um, and I will just breathe like this for 10 minutes before I start my day. And I just breathe, I just focus on the breath. There's still stuff there. Um But connecting in with this calm place and the the respiratory system um, is responsible. It brings a nervous system online. Right. So think about that first. Anytime that you're starting to feel like really crazy, be like, okay, what is going to like kick this back online for me? It's the respiratory system. It's always the breath and breathing. So nice, slow, deep belly breathing. Um, is going to help to kind of like start you in a really grounded and calm place. And it's an easy breath pattern to come to throughout the day. Um, so I, I mean, I am a small business owner. I am a single mom. I love my life. But like I come back to that breath often. Mm-hmm. Like when I put myself in time out because I don't want to yell at my children. <laughs> I sit in my sunroom and I just do some very deep breathing Until I come back online again, right? And I'm not, it's not about suppressing. It's, I'm just like, I'm moving through the emotion in that way, in that time, so that I can come back to it later and like unpack it when it comes up again type of
0: thing. I actually really love the point that it's not about suppressing what's going Mm on. Um, The other day I had a moment of conflict with my partner and I was feeling that, real fight or flight, like the inner kid in me was super scared, um disproportionate to what we were arguing about. And my therapist, who is a somatic therapist, said, if you get to that place, like if you cross that line and you can feel it in your body that you're you're no longer present, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. no longer able to stay in the moment to like work towards a solution, then excuse yourself. And my partner and I are very good at this now. But when we were first trying it, it felt so crazy to like step away from the middle of an argument and go breathe. Like it yep. felt so wacky. Yeah. But dang, like the idea that it's not to suppress any emotion, but rather to let it move through you in a way that is safe. Mm-hmm. Um totally changed the way that I looked at it. And what ended up happening was that I just started sobbing. Like Mm -hmm. I was just in this office, just sobbing. And again, like the argument was about the freaking garbage disposal. Like it was not life or death, right? Mm -hmm. But something in me needed to like feel this huge feeling. And I sobbed it out and I breathed and I came back to myself and then we very calmly were able to be like, okay, we're going to do this about the garbage disposal. Yeah. So it was not about suppressing. Because I think for my whole life, I thought that you had to stay in the conflict until it was resolved or stay in the bad feeling until you could, quote, figure it out. Right. Right? Yeah. And like, that's not how it works. No. <laughs> it, it, you can't figure
1: anything out in that chaotic... Feeling, yeah, you know, but and this is probably something that you you recognize as well. Is it's like when you can get to what's underneath the anger, which is often sadness. It's often just like a release that has to happen. What you actually need becomes incredibly clear.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, and it's it's a nice place. It's it, it's really lovely to move from that place.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love this. Okay. So can we talk, can we define really quick first people who are true beginners? What is a belly breath?
1: Yeah. So a belly breath is just inviting the air into the belly and you're focusing on the rise and fall of the belly and not so much the rise and fall of the chest. So On a mechanical level, like if we're just looking at the mechanics of breathing and how the body invites air into the lungs. Typically, if you are a shallow breather, you're gonna breathe into the upper part of the chest. A lot of these muscles that aren't the main breathers are gonna work. So the neck, the shoulders, and the small muscles of the ribs. When we encourage the muscle to come into the belly, we're really asking the respiratory diaphragm to do its work. And that's the main muscle that we want to have moving. So when we encourage a belly breath, it means we're we're actually using the right muscle to breathe.
0: Yeah. Which is remember, huge. Yeah. Yeah. This one... Um... So when I was in school, I was getting a degree in acting, but a big part of acting was about connecting to your body and, um, Mm -hmm. like projecting, right? So we talked about the diaphragm a ton. Cause when you're on stage, you have to project your voice to reach the people all the way in the back, but still have authentic emotion and not be like yelling. You can't do eight shows a week if you're yelling. And I remember, um, a voice and movement teacher talking about looking at a baby sleeping in a crib.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: when you watch a baby laying down and sleeping they're they're they've got that big, wonderful little Buddha belly, right? They've just got that soft, sweet, distended free belly. Yeah. And when they are breathing, when they're sleeping, it's like this rise and fall that is quite dramatic in their yeah. stomach. And mm-hmm. that visual really helped me understand belly breathing. Because yeah. I think I was sort of faking it for a long time. I was sort of like moving the muscle of my stomach instead of breathing with my yeah. stomach. Right. Yeah.
1: Having a tight midsection though was super common. You know what I mean? Like holding the diaphragm and holding the pelvic floor and holding the abdominals, right? Um, so having that awareness, because oftentimes that's a lot of people's baseline is just tight. That's what it's mm. supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Especially in business. Yes. Right. It's so true. Um, and I check in with the middle part of my body probably like every hour. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's really good. I that's feel a good it.
1: I'm, I hold there a lot for many different reasons. A lot of it, like you said, is muscle memory. I've just, I've done that for my whole life. Um, and it's always amazing to me how there's always like this little split second of like, I don't know if it's safe to let go, (laughs) you know, like that, like in my body. Um, so yeah, if you really want to start kind of like listening and tuning into your body, just like lean up against a counter and take a little belly breath into the counter and see, Mm. see how easy or hard that is. If it, if it feels like it's, if it feels hard, you probably have a bit of tightness there.
0: Can you describe what that would look like visually? Am I leaning my back into the counter or mm-hmm. am I like pushing, pushing my belly. stomach? Like if you're getting a glass uh-huh. of water, just like uh-huh. lean up to the counter.
1: So your belly uh-huh. is facing the counter. So uh-huh. you'll just have a bit of resistance into the breath and you'll really be able to feel the breath in your body. Oh, you, you can I see. You actually engage the belly into the, into the cupboard.
0: Wow. What a cool mm-hmm. idea. I can't wait to try that. Give it a try. Yep. I love that. Well, Kate, is there anything that you would like to leave our audience with today? With um I definitely want them to know how to find you, how to work with you. But um any last thoughts?
1: Yeah, I just um breath work in whatever way that it finds you um has been such a game changer for me. Um, but I think I think the message for today from me is just You know, once you start listening to what your body is telling you at whatever stage you are at, whatever stage of healing or connecting into yourself you are at, um, just listening to what feels good for you and kind of like always coming back to the feeling of what feels easy and what feels sustainable and what feels like possibility and just like moving from that place. It's always available to you Um, and taking some deep breaths and connecting in is is always going to make it a bit easier.
0: Thank you so much. That's so beautiful. And I love this idea of inviting ease. Like this doesn't have to be this extra thing that we put on our to-do list. This is a thing that we put on our, like in our toolbox as a way to make life more easy (laughs) and more grounded and peaceful. Yeah. So Kate, where can people find you? And of course we'll put all of the links in the show notes, but I just want to call out where people can interact yeah. with you and get some tools.
1: Yeah. So all of my information is on my website. My business is called Corey Breathwork. So K O R E breathwork.com is the website address. Um, I'm on Instagram, K O R E underscore breathwork. Um, my name is there too, Kate Crawford. And yeah, I have this beautiful free offering of breath work and somatic practice, and it's a little bit of energy work as well, some of this clearing stuff that I was talking about. um I call it like the survival toolkit for the sensitive nervous system. So I think the link is there if you want to check that out. It I had is. so much fun making it and it really is um it is like a culmination, a little little bits of kind of like my energetic wellness routine that has really cultivated this, beautiful, safe relationship with myself, which I never thought I'd get there if I'm (laughs) so,
0: so yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm excited to share it with people. That's so wonderful. Well, thank you again, Kate, for being here and thank Thank you to everyone who is listening. I know that, um, it can feel, frantic and hard and muddy sometimes when we are in the thick of trying to forge our own path. So my hope, my sincere hope is that we can gather these tools for our collective toolkit so that we can continue to do the work that we were put on this earth to do and give ourselves grace and peace while we do it. So thanks again for being here, everybody. All right, y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, be sure to subscribe to Find Your Magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.